Don't be wasting any time, I got somewhere to be. Always on the grind, yeah, you know me. Hold the crown. Payback Time is a podcast that dives into the real story behind the person. How did they build their business? What challenges did they overcome? What mistakes did they make? And how did they achieve their goals? The overall objective is to provide you with a roadmap that leads to success. Sean Tepper is your host. Are you ready? It's Payback Time. Most family and friends think they know how a couple came together, but in most cases, they do not. A good officiant will walk the audience through the story of how a couple came together. A great officiant can balance humor and heart-touching moments in that story. My next guest has a fast-growing wedding officiant business, as well as a platform that teaches people how to establish and scale a wedding officiant business. No matter if we're facing COVID-19 or an economic downturn, people will still get married. If you're interested to learn about the career of a wedding officiant, this episode is for you. Please welcome Brad Schnell. Hey, Brad, welcome to the show. Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me. So excited to be here. I've uh, listened, listened to it. I've been excited to share as well. Sweet. Well, good to have you on. Well, as always, I like to have guests kick things off. So you could uh, take it away here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I kind of started my career in finance and uh and you're kind of familiar with this, right? Because we're in the same kind of age group where yep. came out of college, not a lot of job opportunity, right? So we had to kind of figure out different things than, than what it may have been uh, initially planned for our dreams and, mm-hmm. uh, and careers. And so um, one, of the, one of the first jobs that I took uh, was uh, I sell mortgages uh, for Chase Bank at the time. And this is right before the, the kind of the bottom fell out on the market. Um, and that, you know, led me to an opportunity where I actually started working for Northwestern Mutual as a financial rep. And uh, I was selling insurance and investments. And um, the reason why this is important to the story of how I do got started is it really kind of helped me frame how I was going to build this practice and make it successful, right? Like I knew, you know, literally when I, when I um, joined up with Northwestern Mutual, I, I didn't have a ton of contacts. I was young. Um, anyone that I had known professionally previous to that role uh, was out of work because <laughs> they were selling mortgages. So I was, mm-hmm. I, was, I was really trying to build a market out of, uh, out of a market that didn't exist. Um, so it, it really taught me a lot about, you know, um, you know, getting outside my comfort zone, making cold calls, um, really kind of beating the pavement to, uh, to make a business work um, and be kind of self-productive. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that means so much to, to me from my experience perspective, uh, just because in four years at NM, I was able to build a successful practice. Um, you know, to me, it wasn't, wasn't like outrageously successful, but successful enough where I, I was able to support my family and, and do mm-hmm. well enough. Um, but the lessons learned from Northwestern Mutual wouldn't kind of show their true color until uh, I started the wedding business. And uh, so when, when I decided to leave Northwestern um, for a salaried position, I, I uh, actually uh, leaned on one of my clients uh, who got me an introduction um, at my current company. And um, I started in sales there and um, ultimately ended up following my passion for um, for, for technology. And now I work in the IT industry, um, sure. IT section of that business. Um, the, the entire time uh, along the side, when I was um, just kind of getting out of Northwestern Mutual and, and kind of starting my, my new job at, uh, at my current company, um, I, I was starting to form this wedding practice and it was completely by mistake, right? Like uh, I, I had some good friends of mine. They knew I liked to do public speaking. They knew I did it for, for work here and there um, approached me and they said, Hey, you know, we want you to officiate our wedding ceremony. And, and uh, it was late in the evening on like a Friday or Saturday night. So in an altered state of mind, I agreed mm-hmm. uh, to take on this role and this responsibility with them. Um, and I had no idea that would ultimately end up changing my professional life forever. Um, sure. And, and at the time, like I knew nothing about wedding ceremonies, right? Like nothing at all. Um, and that was, that was the, the craziest thing about it was, um, you know, I, I knew nothing about ceremonies, nothing about delivering them, um, knew nothing about some of the minutiae that I know now, but 
I, I was so dedicated to the process of digging into their story and making that the centerpiece of their ceremony. And that's what made it ultimately great. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, what's kind of interesting about that is, is in between then and now, uh, not a lot has changed in my process to get to know couples and kind of uh, pull out all the juicy details of their story and, and really tell it in a fun and, and, um, and kind of captivating way. So that's, that's kind of why it sort of progressed to where it was. And uh, after that first ceremony, uh, I had a couple other people in the audience that were of that same demographic, right? Like recently engaged or about to be engaged, you know, young people. Sure. And uh, they were like, well, I guess he wasn't so terrible, so we should hire him as well. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I, I was so focused on the details in that first ceremony and, and, uh, and making sure everything was perfect. And, you know, it, and it was to, to almost my, um, <laughs> it was, it was almost like against me in some way. Uh, I, it, I'm so glad I, I kind of stepped off that. Like, I'll give you an example. That first rehearsal for that ceremony, I spoke every word of that ceremony in the rehearsal. Never, never would I do that ever today. Because the, the poor people that were in attendance of that rehearsal had to stand through that whole entire thing. Um, <laughs> I've since learned that. that so you were like a, reading word for word? Word for wrote. word. Whole thing. Whole thing. <laughs> Everyone got the preview the night before. Very right? natural. Yeah. Yeah. But, but even still, that, that first ceremony uh, was done. And like I said, a couple of the people that were in the audience um, ended up you know, hiring me as well. And then one mm-hmm. of the couples that I worked with uh, owns what is now Rustic Manor 1848. And, sure. uh, they were, they were getting ready to open up their venue and, uh, which was a, you know, big deal because it's a barn venue in Wisconsin. And that was all, that was all starting to boom and they've been really successful since. Um, but they, they were, before they opened, they were like, Hey, we want to get married on the property. Would you want to come out and do our ceremony? And I agreed to do that. Um, and then kind of, we were having an exit interview and it's more like, you know, we just decided to get to d- together for dinner and I asked them for feedback and, Tell me what was great, what was good, you know, and I was kind of thinking about it. Um, and then they're like, well, we're starting up this wedding venue. Would you be interested in being on a preferred vendors list? And I was like, I guess. And, and I, you know, I didn't know what that meant. Uh, I didn't know how important that would be. Um, but basically went from being a weekend warrior um, in the wedding industry to being in uh, a, a, a staple at Rustic Manor for that first year. And I went from literally doing a handful of weddings the year before to doing 25 weddings that next year. And I've been in kind of that sweet spot of 25 to 30 weddings ever since. Um, and, you know, I think what's made it really kind of fun and exciting is that I've never, you know, I've never really had to work really hard at marketing it. Word of mouth has kept it going and, and it's been a lot of fun. So that's kind of from the beginning to, to where we're at today. Yeah, not at all. Um, you know, it's kind of expecting just to kind of do the ceremony and, and wrap up and, and, you know, say, Hey, that was, that was awesome. It worked out. And that was it. Like I never intended it to be like a professional practice. I was, you know, uh, sometimes with clients, I'll joke that it's, uh, you know, this business is the business that I never, what was, what do I say? I said, it's, it's, uh, it's the most successful business that I never knew I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. No, that that's brilliant. I'm sure that's one of those moments like when people ask you and you, you don't have like a scalable business model or any plan in place. It's kind of like the, Oh shoot. Like, right. Do I say yes? Sure. Like how, how did you handle that moment when they approached you and asked? You know, I, I, I had such a great time in that first ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of, you get almost sort of the, um, you know, for, and for any public speaker who's listening to this, I'm sure, you know, you go up on uh, sort of any speaking opportunity and uh, before you do it, you're, you're extremely nervous, especially if you're new to the content um, and you get up there and you deliver something that was, was valuable to somebody and that, um, that provided impact, right? And, and you almost sort of get that, um, almost kind of that euphoria or kind of that runner's high, right? Like uh, where sure. you kind of just, 
you, you feel really great about it. And so getting approached by uh, people after the ceremony to me was the greatest compliment to, to the work I was doing there because it just meant that it, uh, it extended beyond uh, the reach of just that single couple. All right. What makes a wedding officiant business successful? Yeah. So for me, and I can't, I can't speak to everybody because the thing is to uh, weddings are so customizable, right? Like different people are going to value different things, but what's made me really successful is uh, one, uh, I, I'm a kind of, I'm a younger guy doing this. Um, and there's a lot more younger professionals that are getting into this. And I'm, I'm so happy to see that because, um, you know, they're, they're really able to connect with some of these younger couples, right? Like, like, and, and that, that sand is running out of the hourglass for me, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I, I can tell you, no, no offense to any of my couples that, uh, meet on, uh, you know, Tinder or anything like that. Like, Cool. I, I, I don't know what that's like. I met, I met my wife in a bar, um, you know, but, but it's, you know, it's not that I can't relate to it, but I can, you know, I've, I've certainly been able to relate to couples and having some of that um, younger generational stuff, I think helps make that connection. Right. So um, and that's really important, right? Like um, to me, if you kind of break down some of the things that make you successful, it's, it's kind of that individualization, right? Like the being able to tell a story that you understand where it started and, and how it kind of all came together and balancing humor, levity, you know, and being able to kind of know, uh, it, it kind of being that sort of um, aware of your surroundings when you're up there uh, talking sure. about the ceremony, right? Like, and it's small things, right? Things that you wouldn't even think to think of, like after you pronounce someone to be married, you should probably get out of the first kiss photo, right? Like, right tact yeah like it's small things like uh just being aware of your space and kind of how to utilize it for the best performance um that's really uh some of the things that matter the most and kind of makes um kind of separates uh those who are just starting out and those who have been doing this a long time they they just kind of recognize those things and kind of know uh where to go and and uh, you know i know where all the photographers are i know where all the videographers are at all times even though i'm saying things i'm paying attention to where those are mm-hmm. um so that i can make sure that uh my couples are front and center not me right like and that's the other part too um that i've run into is is sometimes you'll see officiants that are very front and center i want to be very much in the background i bring you out right like yep. that's that's the biggest thing so let's take a quick commercial break Do you feel like stock investing is too confusing, too time-consuming, or too risky? It doesn't have to be. Ticker gives you the power to manage your own investments, reduce risk, and beat the market along the way. In fact, Ticker has proven to beat the market every year for 20 years. From 1999 through 2019, the lowest annual return was 10%, and the highest annual return was 96%. Compare that to the market average of 6%. If you ever considered investing on your own but don't know where to start, Ticker is your solution. Ticker safely guides you through your investment journey by finding on-sale stocks and showing you why those stocks are on sale, giving you the confidence that you're making a wise investment. Before Ticker launched, I back-tested it through the 2008 recession. Here are those surprising results. In 2008, the S&P 500 dropped by 38%. Ticker was up 24%. In 2009, the S&P 500 went up by 23%. Ticker was up 72%. And in 2010, the S&P 500 went up by 12%. Ticker was up 96%. That's the moment when I said, I can't keep this platform for myself. I need to share it with others. If you're interested, go ahead and get started with a free trial. No credit card required. Visit ticker.pro. That's T-Y-K-R.pro. Again, ticker. Pro. Yeah, that separation from the good to the great, you know, I look at it with all professions. It's like all those little nuances. You got to be in the trade for a while to really know like, yeah, don't be in the photo dummy when <laughs> they're making the first kiss. Like, hey, can we Photoshop this guy out of that photo? You know, and yeah. all the details. I like what you said there about, you know, it's not about you. It's about them and you have to uh, put them forward and yep. do that um, all the way through. It's really so. funny. There's uh, there's photos of me, uh, and, and if you want to go to Wedding Wire, you can see them. 
because they're still mm-hmm. out there. And I think I think my couples posted them. God bless them. But um, the my uh, one of my couples posted a picture of me. Uh, this was like my first season as a professional audience fishing, and sure. they're going in for a pretty serious kiss, and I'm standing there with just this weird look on my face, <laughs> and it is, it is the most awkward thing. And and I, you know, it's funny, but that you know, this is what experience-based learning is all about, right? Like when you pay for an efficient, you want someone who's been through it and made those mistakes already, sure. um, right? And so um, it, it's one of those things. I, I was like, I looked at that photo. I'm like, never again, never again will I be in a first kiss photo. A lesson learned. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, can you give us an idea of the process? Can you walk us through the process of when you work with a couple? Yeah. So, um, for me, it's, it's really, um, I really enjoy the entire process. Like I I make it kind of a, a, a very involved process from a a standpoint of, you know, I ask questions, I get answers, I ask deeper questions, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, especially in that first interview, right? Like it's all about, I, I have an hour and a half to two hours of getting to know my couples first. Right. So someone reaches out to me, like, let's say, um, you know, someone reaches out to me for a wedding and um, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to set up an initial consultation with them. Right. So that's an hour and a half to two hours or so, depending on um, how much they want to share too. Right. Like it's, it's all about the dialogue and it's, it's really, I have some basic questions that I ask, like I have an outlined interview that, that I've gone through and I've perfected over the years. Um, And it just really the interview is meant to get to know them and understand their relationship together, what makes them tick and, and things like that as a couple and, and no couple gets together for the same reasons or stays together for the same reasons. Um, so getting all that information is super important. Um, and I, I find too, some of the really important questions are the ones that, um, you know, I, I ask my main question and then I may ask subsequent questions, right? Like I'll give you an example. Sure. Um, one of the key interview questions that I ask is, you know, we, we get past the, you know, the, the, you know, what's important to you in your wedding ceremony, you know, what basic things. Um, then it's, how'd you guys meet? Right. And then we work up to, uh, you know, how'd you guys get engaged? Like, tell me that story. And I ask subsequent questions throughout that. But then we get to the, the, the kind of the, the meat and potatoes of the interview. And this is, this is the really important stuff. And that, uh, this question kind of make or breaks interviews for me. Cause honestly, Sean, like I'm interviewing couples just as much as they're interviewing me. Um, I, you know, we talked about availability. I only have about 30 slots to fill a year. I get 144 leads a year. Mm. You know, what, that was my, well, 144 was my, uh, 29 or 2020 lead count. Um, you know, and you know, I can only fill 30 of them. So I, I really have to have sort of that, um, we have to have a mutual understanding. We have to have the chemistry. We have to have that uh, for us to proceed. And, and this, this question for me means, a lot, it means a lot because, um, and, and the question pretty simply is, why do you want to be a married couple? What is it about right. marriage that you need? And, and, and I get a lot of like elevator pitch responses, which is like, oh, we want to have a family or buy our first home or, or, you know, all those sorts of things. And, you know, some of the, some of the follow-up questions like, well, you don't really need to be married for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. you can, you can buy a house and you can have a family and, and there, people do it all the time. And, and, and it, marriage isn't a requirement of that. Um, and so I really kind of dig into them on that. Like, why do you want to be married? Why do you want to make this commitment to this person? And I don't ask because I want to pick people apart or like, you know, say, uh, I don't want to, it's, it's not a judgmental reason why I'm asking. It's just, I got to care. For sure. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's, and that's kind of the, the biggest thing is, is in that interview, I, I have to, you know, asking those questions is really an opportunity for me to get the really good highlights from your relationship. And then, you know, the, the other thing too, that I ask after that is, uh, you know, talk to me about the, the people that inspire you to, to be a married couple. So, you know, who are the relationships in your life um, that have provided some sort of positive or negative impact to you um, in marriage, right? Could be your parents, could be your grandparents, right? Um, brother, sister, cousin, uncle, aunt, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, and then it's, it's really just a discussion about the future, like where you want to go after this. You get married, what's the plan? Um, and so we, we kind of draw that near to the far 
uh, in that first interview. And the first interview, I, I spent a lot of time on it, but that's really, you know, when you talk about what makes a great wedding great, it's really getting all those details into there, um, you know, and, and being able to share them in a unique and in, in, in an interesting way. Um, and that's, that's what it's all about. Um, so after the interview, right, if we agree that it's a, it's a mutually uh, good idea to start working together, mm -hmm. um, I'll send a services contract that requires a deposit. They'll mail that back to me, uh, signed with the deposit in hand. Um, and then I'll get drafting. And my drafting process is 100% transparent. It, uh, it, it really is a collaborative effort. Um, all my stuff is done in Google Docs, right? So I want them to know every single word that's being said in their ceremony and be able to provide me feedback, right? I because again, it's, it's not about me and what I have to say. It's about what they want to have said, right? And how they want to be heard. So uh, we worked together for a while to work on that. And usually I provide a first draft of someone's ceremony six months prior to their date, right? Plenty of time. Um, I usually try to get away from the one month before the ceremony when they're deciding what flavor cake they're going to have and what, you know, I, I want to get, I want to get away from all that. Yep. Um, so that, um, so that we're making really good decisions about the ceremony and it's, it's not um, convoluted with a lot of other stuff. Cause I certainly don't want them to go like, Oh, well, I don't have time to read that. I trust Brad. And then we get to the ceremony and I say stuff that they don't like. Right. That's, that's not what I want. Mm -hmm. I really want their feedback. I really want their engagement in that ceremony process. Um, and then after the ceremony is written, we meet again. We, you know, that's usually around the three month mark. And we, we talk about the ceremony drafts. We talk about their rehearsal date. We talk about their legal paperwork, how to get it, where to get it, what they need to get it, things like that. Sure. Um, and then that brings us to a rehearsal. We do that. Spoken delivery of the ceremony on the day of, kind of an important detail. Um, and then, uh, and then <laughs> after the ceremony is over, I take care of all the legal paperwork, make sure it gets recorded, mailed in and all that stuff. So that's nice. So that all that thing, all that is taken care of. And that is another, uh, experienced learning, uh, situation because early well, on, in my, share. early on in my career, I, I let a lot of couples kind of take care of their own paperwork and a lot of them didn't file their own paperwork. So we, so we had to do subsequent <laughs> Uh, sort of ceremonies, mini ceremonies on on decks and in backyards and things like that to get them. Legal. You got to be kidding! Wow. Nope. nope. <laughs> Lesson learned. Yep. Now, one thing you you talked about offline was you know a lot of people that attend a wedding they don't they think they know how the couple came together, but most really do not. So you're asking a lot of questions to tell a story at the wedding on how they came together, which I think is really helpful. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, and, and Sean, you hit it right on the head. Um, I tell so many couples, and I think when I was, when I was uh, <laughs> sort of coaching you through your first ceremony, we talked about mm -hmm. that, right? Like um, so, so many um, brides and grooms, right? Well, they'll, they'll come to the table and they'll say, well, some, everybody knows our story. They don't. Like, Dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's, and that's okay. Like they're busy living their lives, right? You know, they, they, they have all this other stuff going on. Um, you know, and, and even if they do know your story, it's, it's great to retell it again. Um, and, and one of the things that I, I tell a lot of my couples, you know, a lot of people will ask me when things are all said and done, like, what are, what are some things that we should do um, in our lives as a married couple together, like um, that will help keep us together. And I'm like, you know what, like people who go back to the stories of their origin will always remember why they fell in love in the first place. And that will keep them together longer. Right. Like, yep. and the power of that should not be uh, mistaken. Right. Like maybe it's your anniversary, you get together and you, you just enjoy your story again. And maybe heck you even read your ceremony again. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's yours to keep, um, go back through your ceremony, read it again. Like re remember all those things, um, being able to retell that story because even yourself, you know, as, as your life progresses, it gets more complex, right? You have kids, you have weird job stuff, uh, medical things will pop up. Life just happens. Right. And yes. so to be able to revisit your story, bring you back to the beginning, like those are really important things that people need to do. And so that's what the that's what my ceremonies are all about is we're bringing you back. We're bringing everyone else back and we're also inviting others in that may not know the story as well. Right. No, you, you just alluded to a, 
a good point there is I have done one ceremony and uh, some friends of mine approached me and I asked, well, how large or small is this wedding? And they said, well, it's going to be over 200 people. And I'm like, oh, great, where do I start? So you and I have been friends for a while. I, I know you've been into this. So I approached you and asked, what, what do you do here? And it, the light bulb just went on when you said you want to tell a story and how they came together because most people really don't know that story. And I was like, that's it. I can do that. So I really put my focus on telling that story and how they came together and adding what you mentioned earlier is those points of levity and those, those heart touching moments and how do you weave those together and lead up to the present day. And um, I, I thought I pulled it off. So props to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad it worked out for you. Um, yeah. It's, it, and, and part of that too, because, comes with being a professional speaker, right? Like, um, and professional speaking is not for everybody. Um, you got to be able to kind of read the room, read your audience, sure. uh, know when to press and know when to, uh, maybe that joke that you wrote in your ceremony, maybe it's time to leave that alone. Yep. Um, that also, um, that also goes back to if you're, if you're a professional speaker, if you're a wedding officiant, like know the room, like know the minutia, yes. be able to be able to kind of know everything that's going on. Uh, so that you can rapidly react to different scenarios that are happening. Um, For sure. And, and I'll kind of, it, one more thing on the love story thing, like love stories are so, like, like the movie industry would be dead without love stories. For sure. Everybody yeah. loves a love story, like bring them along it's for marketable. the ride. And, and so, uh, so the thing is, is, is uh, and it's interesting too, as a wedding officiant, I never get tired of, of, of some of these great love stories and, Trust me, I've heard so many weird stories of how people come together and they're all awesome, right? Like mm -hmm. they're all great. So, well, let's, let's talk about the industry a little bit. What is the industry potential here? Yeah. So, um, there, there is a growing desire for folks to get sort of the ability to individualize and customize their ceremony to make it more them, right? And, and you see this in a, in a couple of different ways. First of all, you see it in kind of the, the growing uh, wedding officiant market. Um, I think I've seen more wedding officiants come on the scene um, and more are, are needed, by the way. Uh, there is so much um, opportunity to go around. It's, it's, an, it's insane. And, like, and kind of like we talked about, you know, on average, I, I'm getting 125 to 150 leads a year. I can only fill 30 of those, yep. right? My referral partners are busy as well which means that, you know, there's, there's such a growth opportunity for, uh, for anyone who's interested in this to, to really go out there and make a difference. Um, and not only that, but we're, we're a very approachable bunch of folks. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we we're, we're just a, we're just a good group of people. There's no cutthroat business stuff going on, you know, and right. I was in the insurance industry, so, uh, I know how to recognize that. Um, yes. And, uh, so, so it's, it's out there and, you know, with the leads that I do get, the ones that I take to initial interview, I've only had maybe one or two that have said, Brad, you're, you're not for me. We're not going to book with you. Interesting. And that's in, that's in eight years of practice. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, so, so like typically if I'm going to, if I have an interview or initial interview, it's going to most of the time, 99% of the time end up in a service contract. You know what I mean? Nice. So, so that's, that's amazing to me um, that that, is out there. The yep. other thing is, you know, you think about pricing, right? So um, pricing is going to vary and, and new efficiency on the block, like, look, to break into the market, you're going to have to, you're going to have to lowball your price and that's okay. Like definitely start there. I, I started eight years ago when I was uh, doing my first season, uh, you know, I was slinging weddings for 200 bucks a wedding. I want to talk oh. about like a value proposition. You're getting all the stuff we talked about for 200 bucks, right? Um, I have since modified my pricing. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, but my, my, my typical service is $700. Sure. Right. And that's, you know, I could probably go up from there. Um, I've earned some recognition, right? Like, and, and it helps. And what I mean by recognition is, uh, you know, I was in Milwaukee magazine in 2017 as, uh, as a top officiant. I was, um, I've been in Wisconsin Bride Magazine. Um, I won their 2017 Best of Award. I was their 2018, I was a 2018 uh, runner-up. I was a 2019 runner-up. I won the award again this year. Nice. Um, and then I've also been a Wedding Wires Couples Choice Award, 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2020. 
and uh, actually just found out today that I'm, I'm now eligible for the 2021 award. So we'll see if I bring that one home in 2021. Um, so, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to start low um, to kind of break in and, and make a name for yourself. Um, and then once you do that, you can really start increasing your pricing, right? As you go along. And I've seen that natural progression as I've gone from that $200 to the 700, you know, and that's, and that's been, that's been a great ride and kind of seeing that growth in your business every year is really rewarding too. Right. Um, you know, the other thing that I'll bring in is that, uh, I, I was able to do some research and I found some statistics. Perfect. We all, love, we all love statistics. Yes, we do. So in Wisconsin, in 2019, there was 31,147 weddings. As okay. it relates to the United States, we are 25 out of the 50 states represented, right? So we're right in the middle. Average wedding cost uh, for the state of Wisconsin for a wedding was uh, $22,869, which was 20th out of 51 or 50 states, sorry. Wow. Um, and so if you, if you kind of, if you, if you take a look at that, right, like that's, that's a huge opportunity. Seven, what, I, I'm not great at math, but, um, you, you know, if, even if you take 10% of that, um, you know, that's a huge number. Um, so a huge opportunity for anyone out there that's, that's looking to do this. Um, you know, and then if you take a look at Illinois, which, you know, sister state, um, I do a lot of weddings in Illinois and, and every once in a while you, you want to try and get to, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things. People from Illinois are always trying to get up to Wisconsin to get wet, to get married. And people from Wisconsin who are professionals are trying to get down to Illinois so they can break into the market down there. Um, it's, it's interesting, but, uh, but you have an average wedding cost, uh, in Illinois of $24,000. So they're okay. 17 out of 50 and they had 71,000 weddings in 2019, which wow. was seven out of 50. So, so they, you know, they're in the top 10 for weddings. Yep. Um, and so huge numbers there, uh, which is, which makes for a huge market potential. Right. So, yep. and one of the things that, um, you know, one of the things that I've seen, you know, we talk about industry potential is we talk about diversification of offered services, right? So for example, venues might offer photography and planning services alongside of the venue service. They also might offer catering. They also might offer, you know, and we're seeing that. Rustic Manor, uh, I've seen do that. They, um, you know, they're, they're providing a lot of uh, sister services on top of just providing the, the, the space for you to get married. And that's mm -hmm. smart, right? Like try to own the day. Um, you know, I, I, not that I should say that uh, wedding officiants should not become DJs. Um, and uh, and vice versa right like like stay in your lane yes um, but uh <laughs> but but there there are opportunities for diversification of your services right like mm -hmm. and and that's that's an easy way to do that but if you think about those numbers um any piece of that pie that you can try to grab is really important no that's great intel and, and thanks for the the statistics there on the industry that really does show like how big this industry is and potential and and wedding efficient is just one facet you know as you were alluding to there's so many other services around a wedding that are a necessity the music the food the venue um, all that good stuff um, efficient is right in there as a necessity so um, with payback time you know the people i usually interview they have some method of scalability i like scalable businesses my audience likes to learn on a scale of business so you can tell us a little bit how do you scale a business like this Yep. So there's two ways that you can scale an efficient business successfully. Mm -hmm. And I think it depends on, on the amount of effort you want to put in. Um, right. And I think, I think all of us, we want to grow businesses the easiest way that we can, um, you know, with it, I don't think we all went into business to, uh, to, to work laboriously until 95. I think some of us <laughs> go into business because we want to, we want to own our own success. Right. So, yes. um, so I think there's two different ways to go about it. The one is sideways or sideways with more people, right? Like you expand sideways, uh, you hire on more people, you manage and deploy those people um, very much like the DJs in, in my industry do. Yep. You, know, you own a DJ business, you may have 20, 30 DJs underneath you and you guys might be doing, you know, 15 to 20 weddings a weekend. And, and that's how you grow that. Um, the other way that, that 
I've been more attracted to just because I, I do outside of this business have a full-time job and a family and, and things like that um, is that I, I've thought about growing the business vertically, right? Like, nice. um, and, and some of the ways that I've done that is, is two things that I've been really working on and that um, hopefully will be um, kind of put to production here soon. And that is uh, one, I, I started thinking about, you know, and Sean, this kind of comes back to our time together is how do I market the, hey, I, my best friend, um, you know, I, I asked my best friend to be my wedding officiant, but uh, the, the guy doesn't know anything about weddings. So how do I make him good? Um, how do I market that, right? And, and the, the idea about creating a, a platform where people can go and learn and, uh, and be an effective wedding officiant that's, that's what it's all about for me. Um, so I've started creating a curriculum and, and content for people to, to work through that. And uh, I've sent a couple of people through the curriculum and it's been great. Um, so nice. they, they're learning everything that they need to know about being a wedding officiant. They can start as basic as, look, I just want to write a, a basic ceremony to, I want to run this as a business. Yep. And how do I, how do I monetize that? So it's very scalable in that perspective because you get options, right? It's not just one or the other. So it brings people to that. And it's, and it's, it's very much like a, it's just an online delivery of, of course material. And, you know, not only that, but you get some FaceTime with me to, to really kind of hone in your skill and, and get better at what you're doing. Um, nice. that, that way I don't, you know, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not managing people. I'm not, you know, I'm not kind of taking the, the risk of having someone kind of go out and represent my, my brand. Let's take a quick commercial break. Imagine this. You've been putting away money for years, if not decades, with the hopes to retire someday. But at the average rate of 6%, you realize you have to work another 5 to 10 years longer than expected. Not fun. Since the 1980s, more than double the Americans have to work past the age of 65 and well into their 70s until they can retire. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be working well into my 70s. I want to enjoy more freedom, the freedom to spend more time with my family, the freedom to travel, and the freedom to pick up new hobbies. In fact, I want to retire early if possible, and I think most of you would agree. The problem is a 6% return just doesn't cut it. However, did you know a 15% return can nearly cut your retirement timeline in half? But how do you make more than 15% of the market? Introducing Ticker, a platform that finds low-risk stocks that generate, on average, between 15 and 50% in the market. No joke. Ticker has proven to beat the market every year for 20 years. The lowest annual return was 10%. And the highest annual return was 96%. Don't wait to think about your retirement. The last thing you want is to reach age 65 and realize you have to work another 10 years before you can retire. That is unfortunately a reality for a lot of people. Get started today with a free trial. No credit card required. Visit ticker.pro. Well, it sounds like you're very open to training people how to do it the right way. And you did talk about that a little bit as this is a, a good group of people. You work well together. There's not like mudslinging going on and you're able to help each other out. So that's, that's excellent. So it's, it sounds like you're, you're straightforward course. Do you, do you have a platform set up and a URL right now, or is this in the works? It's in the works. It's in the background right now. I've been doing, okay. some, like I said, I've taken a few people through it. Um, and honestly, my, it's kind of funny. A lot of people are like, well, what's your biggest demographic for that? Um, and my, my biggest demographic for that is, uh, you know, I get approached by a lot of brides or a lot of moms of brides that are like, you know, my future son-in-law wants his brother to do this wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't really know if I can trust him to get up there and, and deliver a ceremony. So I need you to help him through that. Um, so it's, it's yes. funny cause that's, that's who I'm marketing this to is, is the brides and the, the mothers of the bride. So that's, that's awesome. They, you can send them to a landing page is like, Hey, do you want your idiot brother-in-law not to screw up your wedding? <laughs> Click here. Right. And so many people would do that. I mean, it just, there's so, so many, so many. That's, that's crazy. Well, that's, that sounds like a perfect marketing angle is, you know, working with the 
you know, you've scaled yourself up to the point where you're at max capacity, but hey, here's a tool, here's a platform you can go to to learn how to onboard somebody. If you got somebody in your family and wants to do it, it's like, this is your solution. Yeah. And, and you talk about residual income here right. and, and that potential. It's, it's, it's huge, right? Um, you know, it still requires some attention. You're going to have to update the, the information as, as sure. things change. Um, but man, I, you know, what was interesting about the wedding business that I found so unique is that even though every couple was very unique, the approach to each couple was the same. Yep. Um, and so I could take a repeatable model and make it work for a diverse set of people. And, and that, that was uh, kind of the first awakening to me to, to be like, all right, we need to go down this path. We need to create this stuff. We need to put it out there. And not only that, but we, you know, we talked about it earlier. There are not enough people in the marketplace doing this right now. Right. Um, there's enough business to go around. Um, so the understanding that we all need to, we all need to help and we need to, we need to, um, you know, to your point, we need to teach people how to do it the right way. Yes. Um, have them learn from the mistakes that, that we made along the way uh, so that they can deliver perfect ceremonies for their, for their folks and for their friends and family, right? Because that ultimately is the, the folks that are coming to that is the, the people that are like, hey, my best friend asked me to do a wedding and I really don't want to make a jerk of myself. Right. What are the price ranges you're looking at charging for this portal? Can you give the audience a little idea? Yeah, so, uh, you know, kind of average um, if you're thinking about it, so basic ceremony training, you know, it, it's going to mm -hmm. be about a thousand dollars or so. Right. Sure. Um, it, and that's just for an opportunity to kind of go through, look, this is your basic ceremony. This is what you're going to say. These are the things you're going to focus on. Here's the interview model, right. And here's what you're going to do during the ceremony after the ceremony. Right. And so it's a pretty, it's pretty still like, it's pretty granular, right? Like it's very, for sure. you know, down to, down to the science of it still. Um, you know, all the way up to, uh, you know, $5,000 course for how to start your business. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you think about it, it's like, it, it's, it's much beyond the ceremony. It's, it's how do you run the books? How do you market things? Who are the people that you need to get in touch with when you first start your business to get your name out there and start promoting sure. you? Um, you know, and, and who are the business relationships that are going to be most key to you? How do you run your books? How do you keep track of everything? Right. Because that's the, that's the craziest part. You get 30 couples coming to you and you got to keep all their stories straight. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and how do you keep all that stuff nice and tight and compact? So, so it's going to, it's going to go all the way up there. But if you understand that, you know, if you pay, if you pay about $5,000 for a course, that's going to take you through all that. You're going to make that up your first year in practice. For sure. Yep. Right. And you're already going to be ahead of the game because you're not learning those mistakes you've already learned from them right so already puts you well above yeah exactly you think about the the cost of avoiding um catastrophe and mistakes that can cost you a lot of money and, and just uh, cause, cause you a lot of pain you can avoid all that with your your program essentially exactly that's great yeah. And I, I always think about payback time and, and I was going to get right to that. You just said, it's like, look, you could pay this off in a year and then thereafter it's, you know, this is a pretty low um, cost business model because you don't have an office. You're working out of your home. It's not like you have to uh, produce inventory, yep. right? Right. This is a straight up service. You have a laptop, phone, Google docs, you're off and running and you're good. Yep. Well, and the other thing, it's, it's small things too, like um, some of the stuff in that kind of master's course, uh, some of the curriculum even includes like how to set up a, a, a domain on Google, right? So that, you right. know, I mean, it's, it's, it's seemingly basic things, but if you're not tech savvy, but you're a really great public speaker and you connect with people, mm -hmm. um, this is a great opportunity for you to, to, to learn how to take that and hone it into a skill that will provide you with years of income. Sweet, sweet. I love it. All right. Well, before we get into the rapid fire round, is there anything else you'd like to share about your business? Yeah. You know, it, just kind of summarizing, you know, I, this is the most successful business that I never knew I wanted. Um, and we, we talked about that. Um, but honestly, I can, I can say that, um, it, what keeps me coming back to it, you know, because a lot of couples are like, man, you, you got a full-time job, you have two kids, uh, you know, what, you got to be able to carve out the time and, and really love what you're doing. Like, why do you keep coming back to it every year? Um, Cause there have been years where I'm like, I think this is it. 
like I think this is where I'm going to end it up. But what keeps me coming back really is the mm-hmm. the the impact that you're making to that couple, right? And like the the stories that you're sharing uh, on that very special day for them. And and a lot of these couples I've stayed in touch with, and not everyone is is you know like a best friend or anything like that. But we stay in touch, and you, know, you see them go off and do the things that they talked about doing when you had their initial interview with them. And, um, and that just means the world to me. And, and not only that, but as a, as a guy who um, I'll be married for 10 years um, mm-hmm. in May, you know, sometimes you can forget, you can forget what it feels like that day and, and uh, to kind of have those kind of feelings surround you and to be able to bring it home, kind of breathe new energy, new life uh, into that for myself. Um, along with just really kind of uh, being able to tell these stories in a fun and unique way that, that people are able to enjoy and connect with. That's really, sure. that's really the magic that makes this work. That's great. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. That's awesome. Okay. Let's do this. This is the point of the episode where we find out who Brad really is. If you could <laughs> answer each question in 15 seconds or less. You ready? I am ready, Sean. Hit me. All right. What is your favorite podcast? Uh, my favorite podcast has got to be Hidden Brain okay. or Radio Lab. Nice. Can I do two? Can I do two? Is you that... can do two. It's all right. Uh, it's All allowed. Right. <clears throat> okay. What is a recent book you read and would recommend? Uh, Speed of Trust. I would recommend that one. Just uh, finish that one up. It's uh, it's all about giving people uh, just innate trust from the get go. Good recommendation. All right. All right. What is your favorite movie? Uh, so I have, uh, I have a tie here, uh, but I got to go with Gattaca for my number one. Uh, you know, and for those of you who've never seen Gattaca, there's just something about this dystopian future. That's all, uh, based on genetic tampering. Okay. Some, some great value to pull from that. What is your second? What is the, uh, gotta, gotta go with Top Gun. Uh, in my spare time, I'm a, I'm an aviator of sorts. Nice. Not a naval aviator, but I'm an aviator. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, with one of the initial inspirations as a as a kid to to want to learn how to fly and do all that was Top Gun. I'm sure you're excited this next summer, Maverick. Top yeah, Gun. they keep they keep delaying it on me. I get, you know, it's frustrating. I think I think the date's <laughs> firm for July. So those listening and excited, I think we can count on July. Here's to hoping. <laughs> Good call. All right, next question. What is your favorite food? Uh, my favorite food has got to be Chinese food. Either okay. that or either that or sushi. I, I like anything that's just you know Asia Pacific. So, all right. How many hours do you work per week? And I know you have a full time job, but let's just let's stick to just the fishing business. How many hours do you spend specifically in the fishing business? Uh, it's a firm twenty to thirty hours a okay. week in that. So, okay. So on top of a a straight 40 to 45, sometimes 50 hours a week, more like 50. Yeah. So it's, I'm a glutton for punishment. It's, it's really one of those things where you put the kids down to bed and uh, you know, once everyone's all settled in, I sit, sit in front of my computer and get ceremonies written and follow up with emails. And so that's why some of my clients, they'll see emails from me at one o'clock in the morning go, what are you doing? (laughs) So cranking away. Good for you. All right. How many hours of sleep do you get each night? I'm, I'm a five to sixer. Um, you gotta, you gotta take that up. I know. I know. I, they keep telling me that, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like, uh, it, it, if you keep saying, if you say yes to one thing, you got to say no to other things. Yes. So I say no to sleep so I can continue to say yes to my clients. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> I know. Right. All right. So what is your workout regimen? Uh, so, um, it used to be, I used to swim a lot. Um, and then mm-hmm. I would go out, I, I finding a pool to get constant access to is really tough, especially during COVID time. So sure. I went out and tried running and that's awful for me. Um, and so, uh, my wife and I, we got a, we recently got a, a bike, a stationary bike, and that's pretty nice. awesome. Big fan of that. It's pro form. Uh, they got like the workout videos and pretty awesome. Uh, it's either that or P90X lately has been my, my jam. Okay. Always a staple. There you go. Yep. All right, last question here. If you could go back in time to give your younger self advice, what age would you visit and what would you say? Uh, I would probably visit myself in high school and tell that person to A, stop screwing around so much and B, uh, everything that you wanted to do, do it sooner. 
Um, just because, you know, if you think about everything, everything good that you've done in your life, I, I, at least in mine, uh, I wish I would have started doing sooner, right? Like, um, sure. I wish I would have started investing more sooner. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that more, right? So like, um, just do it sooner. Like, like take the risk, yes. jump, let it happen. No, that, that's brilliant advice. I, if I were to go back in time, I would have been invest sooner. You know, it, it's like the power of compound interest in your favor. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. it's a whole well, other topic. And, and, you know, it's, it's funny. We talk about, you know, it, kind of my career history at Northwestern. I was, I was advising people to save money, but I was, you know, especially in those first couple of years, I was just barely able to, to afford the lunch I was buying that person. Right. Uh, I was telling that to. Um, and so over the last, you know, 10 years, we've been playing catch up just because of that. But right. um, again, you know, some, some of the, uh, some of the benefits of how to run the practice and how to manage clients and mm-hmm. um, how to provide value in a service industry. Um, we're definitely learned from that experience. Good. Good. All right. All right. Where can the audience reach you? Uh, my audience can reach me. Um, so I do efficient.com um, is my website, um, which was just uh, newly done with all my new award titles and things like that. Sweet. Um, and then uh, you can also find me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash Schnell Efficient Services. Um, so those are the kind of the two spots to find me. Easy. And, uh, yeah. And uh, I, I do have a contact form. So if you want to reach out or if you have questions about uh, kind of the course curriculum or uh, maybe even you're looking at getting married yourself, you can reach out and ask me questions about that. Sweet. All right. Well, thanks a lot for your time, Brad. And thanks a lot for telling us your story. That was really insightful. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Sean. All right. We'll see you, bud. Hey, I just want to say thanks for checking out this podcast. I know your time is valuable and there's a lot of other podcasts out there you could be listening to. So thanks for taking the time to listen to my guest story. If you did enjoy this podcast episode, could you head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review? That would be much appreciated. Thank you. And last but not least, on this podcast, uh, some episodes we do talk about stocks. And please keep in mind, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So if you did hear any buy or sell recommendations, please don't make those decisions based solely on what you hear. All right. Thanks a lot. See ya. Don't be wasting any time. I got somewhere to be. Always on the grind. Yeah, you know me. Hold the crown will be mine. You can call me king. A matter of time for you all love me. Find me at my prime right where I want to be. I'm one of a kind and no one like me.